Wisdom works through an intermediary. Wow. How about that, huh? Jim. Woo! Observations. <laughs> Which is uh, wild how much that highlights that Polly is deceptive. Oh, you can make the choices that look like they are the real thing and they're not. All right, here we are. We are in the last official session, the last conversation. Believe it or not, we have made it all the way through the first nine chapters. I can't believe we're here. And Eliza's here with me. Eliza, welcome back. Glad Thank you're here. you so much. Glad to be here. <laughs> so much fun. You're coming in right here really strong, second to the last and last. We, we do have some other, other bonus episodes. I didn't oh. mention this last time. We're going to have a bonus episode with K.A. Ellis. Professor Ellis, who wrote the book Wisdom's Call. I got this yesterday. I know. It's just been published, published by Moody. Professor Ellis is the director of the Edmonton Center for the Study of Bible and Ethnicity in Atlanta, Georgia. Amazing. At Reformed Theological Seminary, Atlanta. Dear friend, um, she and her husband Carl are amazing. It's really cool. Uh, so yeah, we're wrapping up. This won't be the very last thing. We may do some other, as we said in the previous conversation, we may do a little bit on inductive Bible study. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see people get excited about studying the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's part of a broader movement. Yeah. Um, so where do you see out of the fog and, and these things fitting into an overall movement of biblical literacy? Mm. I think... The word that has been so highlighted to me in the last, I suppose, season, the last several months, and, and I can see it in, in this podcast, too, is just hunger. Hmm. And it seems to be among God's people. Like, hunger is just growing. It's something I've found hmm. myself praying for personally and also praying for in the school that I lead or in the people I interact with pastorally yeah. is just hunger for God's Word. And so I think about that and I apply it to how you've just run with this podcast and it's kept evolving, I think is due to the fact that the need for biblical literacy is so great, but also I think God is growing hunger to know his word and his people. Um, in that, what are you thinking about for season two? I've been thinking about it. I know I need to take a, a little bit of a rest, mm-hmm. but I have several things that are going on in my own life that just started a new ministry called the Two Cities Project. Mm-hmm. Because the city of God is saving the city of man. And I want to be as much a part of that in evangelism and church planting and prayer and discipleship. So that's, I got to build that ministry. Yeah. But I'm also thinking uh, a few things. Tell me what you think about this. This book was written for young people. What if we invited a third person into the conversation and it was a teenager? Oh. What do you think? (laughs) <laughs> I think that sounds fun. Yeah? Yeah, I think that sounds like a yeah. fun time. I wonder if we would have any teenagers or know any teenagers that would be willing to, to jump into a I could think of a few. Yeah? I think I could think of a few. Okay, well. Give it a go. I mean, the cool thing about that idea is that's exactly what you did with this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We didn't <laughs> know how this become. was going to go. Let's... And I think, I think what I know, thinking about who I was as a teenager and also thinking about the things that have grown me in my study of the Bible myself is the the way it calls out your identity when someone asks your thoughts. Hmm. Not only calls out your identity, but it also calls out your responsibility 
uh, to know the word. And it's one thing to profess Jesus. And it's another thing to truly know specifically who he is in his word. So I see that being a cool concept. One of the things that I like about it is that it goes against the grain of always feeling like we're divided Mm -hmm. Uh, according to our generation, which I think is a real false distinction. We're all human beings made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Some of us have been on this earth longer. Yeah. Uh, Some of us have followed Jesus longer, but that doesn't negate or dispel some of the, some of the need for us to have conversation. You know, things have changed technologically. People have the whole world in their pocket. Sure. Right. But that doesn't make us any wiser. Mm -hmm. Doesn't help us know how to live particularly in the way of Jesus or in a path yeah. of righteousness. So, so if you guys out there listening have some opinions or ideas or you're, you know, a teenager who would be willing to jump in, send me an email out of the fog proverbs at gmail.com or put a message in Instagram. Anyway, let's, let's jump into the passage. Um, let's read it together here. And for those of you that are home, you know, flip open your phone to Proverbs chapter 9, or if you have a paper Bible, open it up. Okay, Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says... Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live, and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, for he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Okay. Well, Well. yeah, (laughs) yeah, Ta-da! this is the end, right? I mean, the father is, as I said, he's been leading up to this Mm -hmm. point and he goes out with a flourish. I mean, it's pow, 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 pow (laughs) in this battle. What do you see in the text? So this is a bigger picture observation of what I saw in like the structure Mm -hmm. of this section. That's good. But I was really... um, I love all the way through here the way that it's wisdom is impersonated and folly is impersonated. It's so yeah. helpful to understanding it. Yeah. But in verse one, it says, Wisdom has built her house, hewn her seven pillars, slaughtered her beasts, she mixed her wine, and she set a table. So seeing that wisdom is a builder and wisdom is a host yeah. and wisdom is a preparer and it's hospitable. Yeah. 
And then that was like sticking out to me, sticking out to me. And then I get to the end and Folly also has a house Mm -hmm. and also does things there. But she just sits at the door and she takes a seat on the highest places. But then you get to Folly eating and it says um, her guests are in the depths of Sheol. And it's this abrupt contrast that I was like, whoa, the way you eat a meal with wisdom and the way you eat a meal with folly, one leads to life and one is just like, and we're done, death. Yeah. And I think just like the, yeah, like it's almost like you could look at two different houses and one has folly standing at the door and one has wisdom there and just being able to see that like one has all these promises. Mm. and this abundance. Yeah. And the other one just feels like you step in the door and you just drop into yeah. the depths. Um, so, yeah, I think that imagery was was the thing that really, yeah. really got me. Well, that's a great observation. Very stark, mm-hmm. the difference, right? And I think that's what, what the father's going for, mm. right? He goes through all these things, like one, two, three, four, five, six different things that wisdom does. And then very little that woman folly does. Yeah, very little. She's loud. <laughs> she's seductive and knows nothing. Yeah. She's just sitting there. There's there's also another difference, too. It, uh, it's kind of subtle. You have to sit with it for a second. But there's an intermediary with one. Hmm. And there's not an intermediary with the other. Wow. Right? Look at what in verse 3. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places of the town. Huh. Wisdom works through an intermediary. Whoa. How about that, huh? Jim. Woo! <laughs> I didn't Observations. See that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is that important, do you think? What's the importance of having intermediaries in the Bible? Hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, on, take a second here because I hadn't seen that. Yeah. Well, I want to be observant. Uh-huh, sure. But for me to just jump, I'm like, well, Jesus is our intermediate. Yeah, there's no it's, it's okay to jump. <laughs> okay, it's that simple. <laughs> no, sure. It's okay to jump. Yeah, yeah. Like we need we need the go between. Otherwise we can't have access. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's a huge difference, right? Yeah. There's a there's something else that's really mm-hmm. uh starkly similar. Mm-hmm. Look at, um, if you guys have your Bibles open, look at verse 4 and verse 16. Yeah, I'm just seeing that. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says. It's the same exact language. Wow. Wisdom and folly are saying the same thing. Does that mean that they're equal? No. Mm. (laughs) It means that... One is truly mm-hmm. saying something, and folly is imitating or lying, trying to deceive. Wow. Yeah. So would you say with that, that the big, you know, verse 5, eat of my bread, drink of the wine. But then in 17, it calls the water stolen. Oh, interesting. It's not wine. It's water. It's water. Yeah. <laughs> what do yeah. you think about that? Yeah. Oh, I think it's just it's, it's poor service. The banquet is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but then the bread is uh-huh. in secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's a lot of deceit. There's a lot. There's a lot of distinction. There's a lot of difference mm-hmm. when you really just sit with it. And you mm-hmm. again, I, I should recognize that temptation and messaging can sound really similar, but what's behind that? Mm-hmm. It's really different. So yeah, there's uh, verse five and six says, "Come eat of bread and drink of wine." Uh, I've mixed so bread and wine. Come bread and wine, leave your ways, live and walk. So there's there's just this, it's a flourishing kind of a statement. Hmm. And I don't think it's, I, I don't have any way of proving this, but I don't think that um, there's an accident that it's bread and wine. Yeah. You know, because God's people had the Passover, right? Sure. And, you know, Jesus instituted um, the Lord's Supper with bread and wine, but then... Verse 17, stolen water. It's just water. It's bread eaten in secret, kind of in a panic. Mm. It's supposed to be. I don't even think that's true. But the other thing that's really interesting is that they're both calling out to the simple. Yeah. Do you remember who the simple are out of the list of characters that are common? You don't know. I was actually going to ask you about that. I'll just go ahead and ask me then. Tell me, tell me about who the simple are. <laughs> so, Jim. Okay. <laughs> One of those questions Jim asks and already knows the answer to. Um, so the simple in the comparisons and in all the characters, you've got the wise and you've got the the righteous. You know, you've got wisdom on one side. I'm making lists with my hands. Those of you can't see. Um, and then you've got the wicked and the scoffer, folly, right? And in the middle, you have the simple. The simple are people that are by nature, leaning towards folly. They're naive in other translations. They're, uh, they're again, it's for the young. Yeah. So the simple are the ones that are still, uh, it's still possible for them to choose. And both wisdom and folly are calling out to the simple. Question. Do you think, obviously we keep talking about the young, would you apply it, it's a book for all, but, could you also say those who are young in their faith? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be an equal yeah. equal experience of what it is to be kind of sitting in the middle of hearing yeah. both call to you often. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's it's kind of it says that in the middle. If you correct a scoffer, you get abuse. If you reprove a wicked man, you incur injury. Mm-hmm. So don't reprove a scoffer. He'll hate you. Reprove a wise man, he will love you. So, the, again, we go back to that whole choice, all the, the stark differences between wisdom and folly and the, the characters in those camps. Mm-hmm. To recognize the distinctions and the differences is really important for us. Mm-hmm. But it, it does, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit to verse 10. I think it's really interesting from a structure component. When I look at it in my chart, it's like right in the middle. Yeah. Right? What's mm-hmm. the verse that's right in the middle of this poem? It's verse 10, right? Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the theme that's gone throughout. It's throughout the book, but it's at particular times, at the very, very beginning in chapter 1 and different mm-hmm. places along the way. Um, this is to tell you, you need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And it's right up next to... Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. I was wondering, 
I've always taken verse 11 literally, mm-hmm. but I, I just read it for by me, your days will be multiplied. Your years, will, your years will be added to your life. Do you, do you think this is literal? <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. I don't have a reason. I more so just thought it was interesting yeah. to ask. Yeah. Because it does seem that way of like, oh, you're, you are choosing to bring life to your heart could also literally make your body healthy. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it can, it's not one of those promises that's like, if you do this, you will get X, but it's the, there's a lot of Proverbs that's um, in principle, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't guarantee. There, There is the, as Dr. Waltke calls it, the deed destiny nexus, Mm. which sounds really fancy for, but there are consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's jump back into this. Now also, Mm Um, think about how the speeches, these battle royales, invitations, speech about the, the, the feast that they've been invited to, compare how they end. Hmm. Look at yes. verse 6 and then verse 18. You leave your simple ways and live. Mm-hmm. Walk in the way of insight. Versus, he doesn't know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Which is uh, wild how much that highlights that folly is deceptive. Mm. Like, oh, you can make the choices that look like they are the real thing and they're not. Not in the way that God is out to confuse us because he makes very clear what's wisdom and what's not. He's so clear. He's clearly not trying to confuse you. But that you you can be so deceived Mm. when you walk in the ways of folly. It's when you walk in those ways. He doesn't know that the dead are there. Yeah. Right. He just doesn't know. Yeah. So Fair that's warning. Warnings are, warnings are loving. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's make this observation. Mm-hmm. Proverbs is a battle book. Yeah. That's not a original thought with me, but other people have pointed that out. That mm-hmm. This is a battle. It is reflected in the, the title of the podcast, Out of the Fog. It's... Not the fog like a serene, peaceful river. It's the fog of battle in your mind. Mm-hmm. So this is a battle book. There is a battle going on, and evil is evil. Yeah, It's trying to destroy you. Why is it so hard? Hey, put on your counselor hat and help me. Um, why is it so hard for me to just be, and maybe us, older, more mature Christians. Not that you're not mature, just definitely older than you. Much more life than I have had. (laughs) (laughs) In the most beautiful of ways. (laughs) That's so funny. You're exactly right, though. Um, Why is it so hard for us? Why am I so afraid? Why are we so afraid to call out evil for what it is? The first question that came to my mind was just like, is it fear of being wrong? I don't know if that it is, but yeah. that was the first question that came to my head. Yeah. On the on the personal end, no, I don't think I'm wrong. Yeah. But on the grand scheme of the culture that I live in, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on the wrong side of that opinion. Yeah. Or or the reaction. I think I've thought a lot about fear of man, even fear just man. recently. Sure. Just the fear of man of when standing for truth, will it... Uh, be received as what it is. Mm-hmm. 
or will it be received as evil because of culture? Right. Right. And I think maybe that's part of recognizing, you know, it doesn't say a lot about folly other than folly's loud, mm. seductive, and knows nothing. So those are three things that when I think about the culture that we're in and folly, not just me on that layer of the individual, but on the layer of family and of the people of God and coming back from um, coming out of Babylon into a place where God wants them to follow after him and be righteous and just and equitable. Um, there's a sense in which I think that we're, we're not in the same setting as God's people coming out of Babylon, but we are God's people coming out of Babylon in a sense right now where Babylon says to us, the seduction is everyone needs to be emancipated yeah. from the state, from colonialism, from their family, from expectations, from morality, as though that is the new virtue. Mm-hmm. And that's a seduction. Yep. And it's not even really accurate to the way that the world works. But mm-hmm. people continue, if you say it enough, people begin to believe it. But it's really a view that is anti-God of the Bible. And, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I mentioned... Uh, Professor Ellis, I'm, I'm auditing a class with her husband, Dr. Carl Ellis, where he just reviews the history of basically the whole story of the of the Bible. Fun. Yeah. yeah. But he says that, you know, the problems that the world is saying, and I'm summarizing, so forgive me, Dr. Ellis, if this is not said well, that people are saying the problem is racism, the problem is colonialism, the problem is, you know, the Judeo-Christian worldview, but that doesn't take it far enough. It's actually, the Bible tells us that, no, it's it's worse than an issue with race. Mm-hmm. It's tribalism. It's us versus them-ism. Yep. It is me-ism, going all the way back to the garden, mm-hmm. mistrusting of God, and it's really... Uh, the phrase he uses is creatureism, Ooh. elevating the creature above the creator. Yeah, Ugh. like that's a really serious problem. That's a bigger yeah. problem than I mean, racism is a bad problem. Yeah. I do intend to have some conversations with people about that issue on this podcast in the future. But it it shows how seductive things can be. The solution that's offered is really a no nothing solution. Mm. There's no power to change that. And then, you know, going on from this, these false promises of folly, there's the stolen food, there's the deceitful promises, there's the half-truth, there's the mimicking of wisdom, um, taking all of the, the idea of having a banquet even, the idea of going to the highest places. These are all mimicry of what wisdom and, and God's view of the world really is because God really is on the highest, right? He is yeah. the highest of high. It's deforming, yeah. not forming, to follow after folly. And as you said a few minutes ago, folly doesn't care no. about her guests. Mm-mm. Not one bit. Because folly, it's clear that folly is, is aware of Sheol, which is you know, what we would call hell. Yeah. So folly is not the same as you know, thinking about wisdom out of chapter 8 there where it talked about how wisdom was there at creation how it marveled in the 
creation of the image of God through through creation itself and through the making of the children of man. Mm-hmm. Delighting in the children of man. That's what wisdom does. And so I guess if if we have to try and decipher what it is that we believe or what we want to hold on to, we should really analyze like what is this thought process, this idea in the world say to us about the image of God? What does it say about the value of a person based on them being created in the image of God? If it doesn't honor that, if it says there's something wrong with the image of God, that is, that's folly. Yeah. That's what I thought ultimately of the point you're making about the creation becoming greater than the creator and seeing the contrast that wisdom goes all the way back to creation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think even as you talk, the thing that keeps sticking out to me on that of uh, folly being careless is like calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Mm, yeah. Right in the center there of all the things that folly does to deceive even those who are walking straight on their way right. are believing in the creation of God being in his image and good yeah. and trying to ultimately deform the very picture that you de- you described, mm-hmm. um, deform what God originally said was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it leads to death so quickly. Yeah. It really causes, it really should cause us as we, as we read God's word, Proverbs and, and other parts of it as well to really think about what it is that we're we're receiving what what are the influences mm-hmm. the presupposed ideas of this is a good thing yep. and not just fall into religious tropes and religious statements and mottos that aren't really aren't really giving us the life mm-hmm. that wisdom would give us let's try and land the plane here yeah how do we apply this, Eliza, as you're sitting there thinking and mulling this over and looking at what wisdom says? And how, what do you take away from this? It feels simple, but I think the input of what goes into my mind and my worldview. Mm-hmm. And I think the, like a, kind of a litmus test I've had for my own brain and heart in the past few years, but I'm like, well, I keep coming back to it. So I'll keep working on it of like, is my input of truth higher and truly like the things I let into my mind from Mm. content, from media, from Mm -hmm. what all the places we can receive things from the world is my input of truth higher than my input of things that I'm not even getting to assess before they come to me from wherever they're coming from. If, If folly is this deceptive and folly is this um, easily able to make itself look really close to what true wisdom is, I think practically it just brings me back to that question of like, okay, to live in the wisdom of the Lord and to walk in the way of life, I am the gatekeeper of choice Mm. of what I allow in to shape my mind and yeah. to shape my choices and to not be deformed. So, yeah. That's really good. Now, I want to ask you to take it. That's the personal layer, right? Yep. What What do you think you and the people of God that you influence and live among, mm-hmm. how do we then apply that to us as God's people 
both local church and, you know, capital C church. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say biblical literacy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> is what I would quite literally yeah. say. But on a practical <laughs> scale, like we, you know, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One. And we have to worship God. Mm. Like we have to literally, are we seeking to be a people who have fear of the Lord um, or fear of man? What I hear you saying is both the activation of of worship but it's not just uh empty of ideas mm-hmm. when you when you marry biblical literacy when you marry this understanding of jesus as wisdom as all that scripture mm-hmm. teaches us you know, that that hunger yeah. it really becomes a, a fire mm-hmm. um that really does something to us yeah yeah i want to remind everybody that's listening um, and myself, that there is there there is an embodiment of wisdom. Jesus is the embodiment of, of wisdom. He knows what's just and right and equitable. He knows what reality's like. Wisdom existed before dirt, mm-hmm. right? Jesus embodied that wisdom. He is the embodiment of the life that we should have lived. He lived the wise path. He became the way, the truth, and the life. And then he took the road to folly. Mm-hmm. And he went to Sheol through his death on the cross. Mm-hmm. And he died and he was buried and he satisfied a God who is right and just. And the, then the only equitable thing that God could do, having satisfied all of the rules and lived out all the proverbs and taking mm. taking the way of folly in our place yeah. the only fair thing that God could do was to say well it's paid for yeah. and we get to walk in that mm. we get to believe that put our faith in that repent of the times that we veer away into folly and get right back on the way of wisdom with Jesus and then live our lives in that direction Anyway, so my heart is full. Uh, I, I just thank all of you guys that have been listening in to season one. Thank you, Eliza, for being here, helping wrap it up. I'm looking forward to season two. Y'all give us some feedback on on uh, directions we might take. Let us know your thoughts. Out of the fog proverbs at gmail.com. And then you can find us at Out of the Fog Proverbs on Instagram. All right. So good. All right. So good. Hey, thanks for joining us. I want to say thanks to all my friends who've come over and had these great conversations about Proverbs with me. Eliza and Jules and Deanna and Christian and Alex and Nicole and Levi and Daniel and Jose. You guys have been great. Check us out at Out of the Fog Proverbs on Instagram or send us an email at outofthefogproverbs at gmail.com. Look forward to our next time together.